Okay, let's open our Bibles. Amos. Amos chapter 3. That's the proper way to say, you know, Amos. Amos. I think. I just made that up. I think in Hebrew it is Amos. Pray for souls. I want to. I just. I just want to announce that every week. Pray for souls. Pray for souls. Pray for souls, and then ask you the question: Who are you praying for? Is there, is there one or two that you just choose, and write it down somewhere so you won't forget, and pray for that person every day, and as long as you can remember it every day. Pray. Pray that just God would open their eyes to see somebody who's not a Christian, who's not a believer. That God would open their eyes and their hearts, and and let me tell you, it's it's amazing. Things things will happen, I guarantee. Sounds like a commercial. I guarantee it. My name is. God will do amazing things in answer to prayer. I, I just, I've already seen it. I've already seen it. One of the guys that I'm praying for, he came up to me. Um, the other day, and he asked me something, and uh, I said, sure, and uh, then I just said, just kind of off the cuff, I said, uh, so, are you doing okay? How are you feeling? You, you, you doing okay? Just, just kind of just asking, and he said, well, now that you ask, and he said he was at the bank, and he said, all of a sudden, it felt like his whole body shut down, and he was about to fall over, and he, there was a chair there, so he sat down in the chair, and they didn't call the rescue he kind of revived, but he said he felt like his whole body shut down. You're like, wow. And like, that got my attention. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm praying for this guy. And this is, you know, what if, you know, that would have been it? What if he would have, like, died on the spot, right? So I didn't, you know, like, try to force anything, but I did say, uh, he says, well, you know, I was working on my car, and he, he says, can I do anything for you? I said, yeah, you can clean up this mess that I made here, and I said, just kidding, because he wouldn't know where to put any of this stuff, because I don't know where to put it, so I, how would he know? <laughs> and so, uh, so I said, but can I do anything for you? How about, can I just pray for you right now? And of course, he said, yes. I mean, he just told me, he just like had this crazy thing happen to him, so I just put my hand on his shoulder, and, and I waited till he stopped talking, because he talks, he can talk. And uh, then I just prayed for him, and I prayed, you know, for him physically, but also spiritually. So these things just come out of praying for somebody. If you pick one or two people, I'm telling you, I'm telling you something, you'll see amazing things happen in their lives. But if you don't pray, what did James say? You have not because you ask not. So uh, pray for souls, pray for souls, pray for people, pray pray, for Pray for people who do not know Jesus because there are a lot of them around us here. We're in a mission field. We are in a mission field, and we're in a battle too. We looked at uh, Amos, Amos chapters 1 and 2. <laughs> I'm going to do that all the time now. <laughs> and there was a message for all. We looked at, at the, the, the chapter there, and really the message was that all have sinned, but God so loved the world. God loved the world. But we have all sinned. Not just the people out there, not just the other guys, the bad guys, the guys in prison, not just those people that are, we know are bad or did something wrong, but he, he kind of, 
He talks about all the nations all around Israel and Judah. One by one, he goes by, goes around them all, and then and so he's you know he's got a nice circle, and then in the middle he's safe. But then but then the prophet says, and then there's you, there's us, Judah and and Israel, and, and it kind of gets back home. It get back gets back home to us, gets closer to home. It's not just them over there, but it's me too. It's it's us. We're all sinners. We are all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And we need the grace of Jesus. We need Jesus in our lives to uh, forgive us. Some of the sins that he mentioned, cruelty, slavery, anger, brutality, greed, rejecting the law of the Lord, idolatry, immorality, and, and all these things would bring judgment, he said. But God's message is always the same. Return to me. It's always the same, that the grace and forgiveness of, of God through Jesus is our answer. It's always the same. That never changes. Your love never changes. Today, I want to, I want to look at Amos chapters 3 through 5. And don't worry, we're not going to read every verse. You can read uh, all the verses in between. I want to focus on the, the main thing of what's going on in those chapters and what I believe to be the heart of the whole book and the, really the heart of the message of God. He he begins in chapter 3, and really he starts with the warning. Their warnings, their judgment is coming, that disaster is coming. But later, in the following chapters, he says, but there's a way out. There's an answer. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. He says, hear this word of the, that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel. He repeats it again, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Hear this word. You cows of Bashan on Mount Syria. That wasn't a very nice thing to say. Chapter 5, he says, Hear this word, O house of Israel, this lament I take up concerning you. He says, listen, you've got to hear the word. You've got to hear what God is saying. It's, it's repeated over and over again that the Lord has spoken. And he's speaking through his prophet, the prophet Amos, to the nation of Israel, but also he has spoken to his own people, the nation of Judah. Again, the, the separated, the divided kingdom, the north and the south. But in God's eyes, they were still just one people, and he says that uh, in chapter 3. In chapter 4, I want to read some verses there. Let's read verses uh, six, uh, 6 through 13, chapter 4, 6 through 13. He says this, I gave you empty stomachs in every city and lack of bread in every town, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld rain from you when the harvest was still three months away. I sent rain on one town, but with, withheld it from another. One field had rain, another had none and dried up. People staggered from town to town for water, but did not get enough to drink, yet... You have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Many times I struck your gardens and vineyards. I struck them with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured your fig and olive trees. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I sent plagues among you, as I did to Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, along with your captured horses. I filled your nostrils with the stench of your camps. Yet... You have not returned to me. I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. 
You are like a burning stick snatched from the fire, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Did you kind of hear something being repeated over and over again? It's kind of obvious, and, and when things are repeated, it's obviously you got to, you know, if, if your wife or your husband keeps saying the same thing to you over and over, you probably should listen, right? My wife's not in here, so I can say whatever I want to say today. <laughs> we need to listen when things get repeated. He says, yet, all these things happen, yet you have not returned to me, the Lord declares. All these different things that had happened, and, he, and he, he talks about different things, catastrophe, calamity, all these trials. But notice he says, when I did these things, I brought them upon you. I brought them upon you. And we could have a big, uh, we could have a big discussion now if we, if we had time about the, the things that happened in this life, the, the trials, the troubles, the natural catastrophes, and all these things. Were they brought directly by God? Even things recently in the news, the, these crazy weather things that are happening, were they brought directly by God? Earthquakes, the you know, economic troubles that are facing different countries, different people, different individuals even, were they brought directly by God or were they allowed by God? We could talk about that for a long time, couldn't we? But you know what, for me, I don't know that it really matters. He is the sovereign God, and I, I believe He's sovereign, and He has His hand in, in everything. He has His hand in everything. He's sovereign, and if that's what He wants to do, that's what He'll do, and He can do it. He has the choice, the freedom. He is the creator. He is the almighty God. But the outcome is what is important for you and for I, for you and for me. Got that right that time. The outcome is what is important, so do we turn to Him, or do we just continue on our way? You know, I've seen it over and over in our country. When something terrible happens, we come up with this phrase, God bless America. God has already blessed America. What, what, it, what we need to say is, God have mercy on us, America, is what I believe. I just think we've got this so messed up. God bless America. He's already blessed us, and we've turned away from Him. What we need to do is, is return to Him. And it starts, of course, on an individual basis, but then as a nation, as a country. There have been times. You, you, you read the history of Israel, and, and they had you know, these different kings that would come, and some were really good, and some were really bad, and, and some in Judah and some in, in the nation of Israel. And, and some would bring the people back to the Lord. They'd, have, they'd turn back to God after being so far away from them. And others would just say, hey, we're going this direction, and it's so far away from God, and we're going to do all this terrible, wicked stuff. And they reaped what they sowed. We're going to reap what we sow. The outcome is what's important. God is, is alive and well on planet Earth, and I believe He is working out His plan. I can't specifically look at, at, at one specific instance and say, yeah, I, I know and I believe that God did that. I don't know. In this particular case, Amos is saying that this is what the Lord is saying. I did it. We don't, we don't know about some of the things today, but, but again, the outcome is what is important. When something terrible happens to our country, we can say well, we can blame it on this and on that, on this group, on that group. But what does it do to our hearts? Is it, does it make us want to turn back to Him? Over and over it says, yet 
Yet. This happened. Yet. You haven't returned to me. This happened. Yet. A bad economy. The weather. This drought. Water. Their crops failed. There was plagues. There was death. There was defeat in their, in their wars. There was calamity. He says, yet you have not returned to me. Uh, James Montgomery Boyce, the pastor who's now with Jesus, but he was the pastor at uh, a, a 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. He said, this disasters are given by God that people may awake from their lethargy, turn from sin and seek him. Do you believe that? You say, no, no, God doesn't do anything bad. Doesn't, God doesn't allow anything bad. It's only good stuff. God is love. God only does that. But, but you, you need to read your Bibles and find out what happens. Here he's saying, no, he allowed and he even brought directly in this particular case. And I think what uh, James Boyce said is true, that people may awake from their lethargy, turn from sin and seek Him. Jeremiah says this, he, he's quoting the Lord. He says, I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord and they will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. There's something that God does in a person's heart to, that we would return. We saw it back in the book of Joel very similar message, but, but even stronger. He says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. He responds to us returning to him. So, so maybe, just maybe in your own life, and, and we'll make a little application before we move to the heart of what I believe is the heart of this book, which is really connected to what I'm already talking about, is that, is that maybe there's something going on in your life and, and God is trying to get your attention. I, I should have wrote it down, but C.S. Lewis had a great quote about the fact that, that uh, you know, uh, in, in the most terrible things, God shouts out to us. Try to get our attention. Were you thinking of that too? No, I was pointing at Barbara back there. It's a, it's a great quote, but you know, God, God in, in, in the terrible things that are happening in our lives, He's shouting out to get our attention, and sometimes we need to stop and say, okay, 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 God, you have my attention now. And I'm going to do my best to, to, to return to you and, and live my life for you and focus my heart on you. In Isaiah, a very um, relevant quote, and the address is 3015. You don't have to turn there. But he says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance or in returning and rest is your salvation. In quietness, and trust is your strength. In returning and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is, is your strength. But the last part of the verse, he says, but you would have none of it. That's what happened here. But you would have none of it. If you'd only return to me and find out that I am gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, relenting from sin and calamity. In chapter 5 now, 
as I've mentioned twice already, it's the heart of it's the heart of this message, the heart of this book of Amos, I believe. There's nine chapters, and chapter five is in the very middle of that. It's a very clear message. It's a, it's a plea. It's a call. I think here he's saying what you haven't done in chapter four. But in chapter five, he says it really three times, what he's asking us to do. Let's read in verses four through six. He says, this is what the Lord says to the house of Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live. Or he will sweep through the house of Joseph like a fire. It will devour and Bethel will have no one to quench it. It's a very clear message, I believe. He's saying, seek me and live. Simple. Seek the Lord and live. Someone counted him up and said it's, it's about 30 times that this message is, is uh, proclaimed in all of Scripture. We're not going to look at all 30 of them, but we're going to look at some of them. Seek me and live, the Lord says. Seek Him. Seek the Lord and live. Find life. What does it mean to seek Him? Because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a kind of a lofty thing just to say, seek the Lord. It's kind of, uh, you know, out there for somebody. What, what, what does it mean? How can, can I do it? Is it possible for me, a human being, to seek the Lord? Well, our answers must come, really, from the Bible. And, and, and as we go through some of these verses, I think it, it, it'll kind of help us to see what it means. But really, simply, it means to, to turn to Him, to seek Him, to, to look for Him to go to Him, to turn our hearts toward Him, to call out to Him from the very depths of our being, to seek Him. We seek a lot of things, and He talks about it here. Don't, don't seek Bethel. Don't, don't go to Gilgal. Don't journey to Beersheba. He, there, there's a lot of things we seek after, and, and you know, if you're really honest with yourself, and I do, that we can seek after a lot of things. We know how to seek but we don't always seek after the right things. And God's saying here, listen, you need to seek me and live. Warren Wearsby, that uh, commentator, preacher, speaker, he said, unless we personally meet the Lord, deal with our inner spiritual life and seek his face, our hearts will never be transformed. Unless we seek His face, our hearts will never be transformed. We can pretend, we can look good, we can go to church, we can do all this stuff, but, but I'm talking about, and he's talking about, seeking the face of God. Seek me and live. That's where we find life, really. Jesus said, He said these words in John 10.10, 10, He said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. Jesus came that he would give us life, but we would have full life. We'd have abundant life. Seek me and live. If you want to know what real life is, what true life is, it's not, it's not oh, that's the life. Having a, you know, the biggest house on the block. Oh, that's the life. Having a lot of money in the bank. Oh, that's the life. Being famous and that's the life. It's not the life. It's 
Not those things are all bad, but that's not what true life is. Jesus said, he says, I'll give you life. I'll give you what, what full life is. I'll, I'll show you what abundant life is. It's a, it's a life of the soul. It's a life of the spirit in us. Seek the Lord and live. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, it's repeated over and over again. Old and New Testament. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through quickly. We're going to start at the, the Old Testament. Um, we're going to work our way to the New. Look at at least one verse in every section of the Old Testament and two of the sections of the New Testament. Can anybody tell me how many sections there are in the Old Testament? Five sections in the Old Testament, that's right. Can anybody tell me what they are? Law. Speak up. We've got a lot of time here. Okay, there you go. See, good job. All right. Good job. There's five sections, and so we're going to look at a verse in each of those sections to see that this is a message woven through the whole of the Old and New Testament. Let's turn back to Deuteronomy chapter uh, 4. And Deuteronomy is one of the books of the law or also known as the five books of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 4, even though they call it the law, within these verses there's a lot more than just law, just a lot more than just like legalistic, legalism kind of things. That's just one way to sum it up because the law is found there in those books. But look at chapter 4, verse 29. He says, but if from there, and what he means by there is people who had turned away from him and they end up in exile, scattered from where they were supposed to be. He says, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, Good luck, he says. No, he doesn't say that, right? What does he say? He says, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. You will find him. That's a promise of God. That's a promise of the word of God. If you seek him, and I can guarantee it because the word of God says it, if you honestly, truly seek him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. That's found in the law. How about in the next section, which is, pardon? History. Can anybody tell me how many books are in the section of history? Twelve, right. I'll give you a clue. And we, we went through this uh, uh, First Chronicles. Uh, there's five sections, and they go like this, 5, 12, 5, 5, 12. That's easy to remember, right? 512, 5512. So there's five books, 12, 5, 5, and 12 again. That's easy to remember. Even I can remember that. First Chronicles chapter 16 in the book, one of the books of the history, which, like its name, gives us history. There's way more than just history there, though. Uh, chapter 16, verses 10 and 11. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face. 
always. Look to the Lord and His strength. We're talking about what does it mean? He says, looking to Him and to His strength, not ours. Seek the Lord. There's joy found in it. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. There's joy that just comes out of it, the joy that the world cannot give. Seek His face, though. I like that, that phrase, seek His face. There's something about a, this relationship where it's like face to face. Now, are we going to physically see His face? No, but it's like, a, it's like you know, we're not going around the back. We're, we're going to Him you know, face to face, front to front. And it, it's like a personal, it's a real thing that you and I are seeking after. One day we're going to see face to face. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. Seek His face always. Something serious about there. Something real about there. Something very personal about that. It's hard to have a personal relationship with someone who's not facing you. It's hard to have a good discussion, a good talk with someone who's looking away. Now, if I wanted to have a talk with you and I looked like this, you'd go, man, this head is really bald. You'd go, you'd go like, what kind of conversation is that? And if you're turned away and you're trying to talk to me, I say, well, I'm just going to leave. Like, forget it. I'll find someone who will actually look at me and talk to me. How about second, one more in this one? I want to do a couple in this one. Second Chronicles chapter 20, because this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. The people were facing a vast army in the kingdom of Judah. And Jehoshaphat was the king. They were facing a vast army. That phrase is repeated over and over again. They, were, they had this, this army they were facing. Look at verse 4, though. Let me see if I can find it here. Verse 4. The people of Judah, they came together. They, the, the king said, listen, we're in trouble here. He proclaimed a fast. He says, the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. Not only did they come to seek help from the Lord, but they came to seek Him. You see that personal connection. It's okay to ask God for help when you need help, but sometimes that's all we go to ask Him for. We never say, I just want to seek you. I just want to be with you. We, you know, no, I'm here because I'm having trouble with my this and my that, and I need this, and I, I want... I, I need everything gets on and on. He says, I just want, I just want you. They came from every town in Judah to seek him. Seek the Lord and live. How about the next se section, which is what? Poetry. Law, history, poetry. So let's turn to Psalms. Psalm 27. Psalm 27 in the poetry. How many books of poetry are there while we're looking? Five. Anybody know them? Oh, now we're getting hard. Job, that's right. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. See, it's easier for me when you break them up into groups rather than just like, do you know all the books of the Old Testament? No. Too many. How many? Hmm. I can't even remember how many. 39, right? And 27 in the New Testament, 66 altogether. But to break it down, I can remember. Psalm 27, uh, an awesome psalm. Some of our songs come out of this psalm. 
But look at verse 4. We're going to look at verse 4 and verse 8. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek Him in His temple. Isn't that beautiful? To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. This is what I seek. This is one thing I ask. This is one thing I want, is He had a singular mind to seek Him. In verse 8, my heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. He's having a discussion with himself. That's kind of interesting. One thing I ask, one thing I desire, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek Him in His temple all the days of my life. Major prophets, Isaiah chapter 55. We're almost to the end. A few more verses. Be patient. You can't smell that food yet. <laughs> Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Again, we're seeing the same theme, aren't we? Over and over again, section by section by section. What does he say in verses 6 and 7? Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Seek the Lord while he may be found. That's kind of an interesting thought to think about. I mean, you mean it might come a time when it's too late to seek him? Well, if we get to the point where we die, I can tell you, yes, it's too late after you die. You can't seek him then. You can't ask somebody to pray for your soul then that you're going to all of a sudden have some kind of awakening after you die. No, it doesn't work that way. Seek Him now. That's what He's saying here. While He may be found, while you have an opportunity, while you can think, while your heart can make decisions like David did, while He's near. Don't go on in your life when, and just seeking after all these other different things. Seek Him now while He may be found. Minor prophets, Hosea, Hosea, the first of the minor prophets, Hosea chapter 10, right before Joel and Amos, Hosea, Joel, Amos, and uh, just so you know kind of what I'm doing, <clears throat> well, I don't know what I'm doing, so I, I don't know if I can tell you, but my, my, this is my plan, and I, I said to someone, I don't know if it's from the Lord now because it's a tough one, but, but I'm, I'm going through the minor prophets, and then I'm going through the letters of Paul, right, and, and kind of going back and forth. We finished 1 Thessalonians, we're back into Amos, and then we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians, and we're going to go to Obadiah, that kind of thing. But, but looking at some of these words in these minor prophets, going, wow, whose idea was that? Like, that's heavy stuff. But the jewels that you find there are just absolutely incredible in God's Word. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. We looked at this last when we did the book of Hosea. Verse 12, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground or fallow ground, ground that hasn't had anything done to it for a long time. He says, For it is time. 
to seek the Lord until He comes and showers righteousness on you. It's time. When? Now, He says. But it, it might mean there's some fallow ground, some ground that like you haven't gone over for a while. You just kind of walked over it, and it's like hard, like rock. But you might have to get out there with a big pick and, and, and break it up a little bit, is what he's saying here. You might, have to, like, you might have to straighten a few things out. You might have to deal with some things that need to be dealt with. For it is time to seek the Lord. We haven't really talked about this. We're in the New Testament now, but, but uh, how many sections of the New Testament are there? Can anybody tell me? It's really pretty simple. Three. There's only three. There's only three. And the first one is? The first one is? History. Right? Five books. I got this. I, I, I go through these things in my mind like all the time I got to try to remember them. Five the numbers for the New Testament are, are simply 5, 21, and 1. Okay? And the 21 is like 12 reversed. Okay. See how I remember things? This out, that's a picture into my mind. It is scary. Very scary. If you only knew. 5, 21, 1. So the first one's history because it includes the book of Acts. So that's why it's not just the Gospels because it's history. And the second section is what? Letters. Right, letters. All different kinds of letters. And then the last one is prophecy, right. So let's look at Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17 in the section of history. You didn't know you were going to learn all these amazing facts today, did you? The Bible is the most incredible book ever in the whole world, in the whole universe. And the Word of God will never go away. It will never fade away. It will it'll go on into eternity. Everything else will fade away. Everything else will, will uh, come to an end, but God's Word will never come to an end. Uh, 26 and 20, starting in verse 26, from one man... He made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the exact, the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. That's incredible. Talk about the sovereignty of God. God did this. Look at verse 27. God did this. Why? So that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in Him we live and move and have our being. God did this so that men would seek Him. Did what? All the things that He does, all the incredible things that He does in this world. He puts the whole world together. together. He puts our lives together and He even allows terrible things sometimes to happen. That we would seek Him and, and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though... He is not far from each one of us. He's right there. That's a promise right there. That if I'm going to seek after God, is it going to take, like, am I going to have to, like, get on my knees and walk up, like, 5,000 steps? Am I going to have to get on my knees and go, like, three miles, you know, to get to, to seek after God? 
Am I going to have to do these, you know, somersaults and cartwheels? Am I going to have to do all these ridiculous looking things to seek after God? And then I might just maybe find him? No, he says he's right there. He's not far. He's right there. He's like as close as calling out. Romans talks about, you know, the word is near you. As close as calling out, he's right there. Seek me and live. I'm not going to have you turn there, but the, uh, the verse I want to quote is found in the letters section in Hebrews uh, 11.6. says, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. He's a, a rewarder of the, those who diligently or earnestly seek Him. He will answer, and he, not only that, but He will reward you for seeking Him. Why would we not want to seek after Him? We try everything else. We, we'll go every other direction. Somebody said this, and it's, uh, the, the author is unknown, but said this, seeking the founder and the maker of all that, that, that exists seems irre- irrelevant to modern-day men. In fact, their efforts have resulted in their denying the existence of their maker altogether. It's ir- irrelevant to seek after the Creator. It's irrelevant. It's got nothing to do with life. There is no Creator. God is dead, right? There is no God. Which is, you know, God is dead. Well, then you agree that He was alive once? Or there is a God that could be dead? Or, you know, it's, it doesn't even make sense anyways, but... Seeking the founder and maker of all that exists seems irrelevant. You know, there is no God. It says in Psalm 14, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Seek the Lord and live. If you want, if you want to know what life is, and what life is for, for any human being, He's the only way. And it comes through Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God provided the way. God so loved the world. Seek me and live, he says. Seek God. Seek the Lord and live. A heart that seeks after him with with all of our heart, with all of our soul, to seek his face. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have not left us on our own. You You didn't create the world and then just set it spinning and just say, well, good luck and and uh hope you survive and but, but you wanted to have a relationship with us. We see it from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden where they would walk with you in the quiet of the day, in the cool of the day. And you still want that. And you want a relationship with us that we would seek you and find life, true life. And that, that our hearts and the very, from the very depths of our being would, we would cry out to you and... and uh, and, and seek after your face to behold your beauty day after day. God, forgive us when we, we have sought after Bethel, that place of idolatry that they built in, in uh, Israel. Those other places where they built those uh, other altars. There's only one altar, and it's the altar of the Almighty God, the Creator only one place that we can go. And for us as humans, it's the man, Christ.
Christ Jesus, the only mediator. So we come to you, Father, through your Son, Jesus, through trusting, through believing in Him, through giving our lives to Him today and each and every day anew. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. We seek after you, not after the things. We seek your face today, Lord. Pray here especially, too, as we, before we partake communion, if any have never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, to be rescued, to be uh, given that gift of eternal life, if that's you today, you can simply do it and partake with the rest of us of this communion, to, to call upon the name of the Lord and, and believe and trust in Him and receive everything that He has for you. Simply call out and say, Jesus, I, I come. I need you. I'm lost. I come to you. I turn to you. And I, and I ask you to, to come into my life, to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Jesus' name.